Good day, everyone. I hope you guys have had a nice little while. It's uh, nice to check in after two weeks. Nothing really crazy tonight. Uh, we're just going to kind of check in on the world as it burns. Uh, we're going to try and keep this one short because I've got shit to do. Uh, but without further ado, let's get into it. So where do we start? We'll, uh, are we going to start with uh, the fact that World War Three is slowly approaching? Not so slowly? Or do we deal with the fact that Trudeau is handing out L's left, right, and center? I guess getting handed L's is a better way to put it. Um, but yeah, Trudeau, I guess we'll start at home. Trudeau, I guess this is going to air Monday. Uh, so this week, the Arrive Can app becomes quote-unquote optional. I'm not really sure what the hell optional Arrive Can means. Is it you get to isolate yourself for 14 days if you decide to. Uh, you can present your documents if you want to. Like, do you get a gold star if you present your vaccine reports? Like, does, does a Canadian border agent give a crap after they're told they don't have to? I don't, I don't understand what optional is for that application. But nonetheless, this week, we're going to get rid of it. Theoretically, Canadians vaccinated or not, can go about their business and they can return about their business as they see fit. Stay home if you're sick. If you're not, go about your life. Uh, personally, I'm, I'm kind of watching the States because uh, although Justin Trudeau and in his benevolent kindness has, is allowing us back home and not having to go through the punitive process of isolating for 14 days, but that being said, the states technically have an inbound vaccine mandate. So we'll see if they match cards, if, if they'll kind of match pace with us. Um, from what I hear so far, going into the states, it's a bit of a hit and miss if the agents care enough to even ask. But from a policy perspective, I still want to know that I'm safe to go to the states. Uh, for those of you that are mechanically inclined, like myself, uh, it, it sucks not having access to Harbor Freight. I think I've actually mentioned it before, in the sense that Princess Auto just doesn't quite do it. Uh, and for the craftier people, or the people old enough to know what White Rose is, uh, Hobby Lobby in the States is huge and equally awesome. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, I uh, I kind of expect the States to lockstep in in regards to that uh we'll see I, they still have not announced anything but nonetheless polyev is making waves and the thing is i i've i've heard the argument back and forth of if polyev is is what kind of precipitated this and i i certain, certainly think it helped um but one thing people aren't aware of is the brian peckford lawsuit is currently being heard in the Supreme Court of Canada. Uh, and as this is being lifted, uh, they, they were right in the thick of their cross-examinations of the experts and the witnesses. And if anyone's been following along, it's, it's, they've had so many requests for information. The Canada judiciary actually put all of the, all of the evidence and the transcripts right on their website. So if you want, you can check that out for yourself. But it's, it's a significant charter challenge to the mandates, and, and it, it is huge. It's fundamental. Uh, it does 
look like Brian Peckford and, and the challenge against these impositions have a very good chance of succeeding, which I kind of attribute more to why we're seeing this lifted now. Because uh, no, no sooner than it was announced they'd be getting rid of the mandate, no sooner than that did the federal lawyers move to have the entire case thrown out of court for mootness, basically saying it doesn't apply anymore, so we don't have to argue this. Uh, naturally, the lawyers have argued that, no, we need to settle this on precedent, so you can't come back and do this ever again. I, I'm not going to jump through, because they filed this application in January of this year, and it is now just going through its steps, and they've done it as quick as possible. So if they were to lift it now, put it back in in December, they have to wait another eight, nine months to get back in front of a judge if they get it as quick as they did this time. So right, that's, that's where that court trial is right now, is they're debating whether or not the judge is deliberating on whether or not they're going to kick the case out or if they're going to hear it on the merits. I personally think that's probably more of a bigger motivation for Trudeau to lift it. I don't, I don't think he's too worried about Polyev in the here and now. He's definitely worried about elections, but here and now, the fact that Polyev got elected is not enough for him to kind of, as much as I'd like to say that this is how profound Polyev is, it's not what's making him change any policies. He's got Jagmeet so far to up his butt that he's basically talking for him. So that that part of it, like, I'll take a win wherever it comes from. I don't really care what it what it comes from, but I, I will take the win. We are watching that court case, though, because that's, that's massive. That could literally stop this from ever happening again from a policy standpoint. But kind of shifting gears on the same topic of these globalist-style elitist leaders, such as Trudeau, and, and genuinely coming time for election. Uh, I've said it before in the past, and I will say it till it actually happens, um, but it is happening. I have said before, the left is happy to impose these measures, laws, sanctions on people they disagree with, ideologically or, or whatnot. But the day will come where the, the right of center has the power, and the left will not like it when we yield these kind of tactics and behaviors against them. And I say that as somebody who's aware of, of the harm it causes. And I just because the political compass will shift eventually in my direction does not mean I'm malicious and, and want to see people on the other side abused or become victims of process. Um, but nonetheless, not everyone's as reasonable as me. And I, I, there's my humble brag for the day, I guess. But no, like there are people, a lot of people, I would say majority of people on the right of center are largely just indifferent. Uh, many people on this side of the aisle will be no different than what we're seeing with now, where the left is, there's a lot of good people who are just silently observing or don't even, aren't even conscious to the, the, the harm they're causing across the aisle. Um, they don't pay attention, they don't clue in, whatever, because it's not impacting them. And they don't, they don't stop and think long enough to see, hey, how is this affecting other people? Well, the right is winning in a pretty clear margin. Like, you're seeing a bit of a, we've said it, a populist uprise is going to happen. Uh, it's a natural reaction when you get pushed this far left. 
uh, it's going to come. So as, as literally as I'm recording this, I've got my pop-up window in the side here. I'm watching the Italian election. Uh, and for the, any lefties listening to this, it looks like they might be electing their first female prime minister. Um, by the sounds of it, she's got about 26% of the vote, uh, as of right now. And context, uh, a lot of European nations have many more parties. So 26% of the vote is actually substantial. Um, I mean, look at Trudeau is when he's leading a country in, with two parties effectively off of 30%, but no, nonetheless, uh, Georgina, Georgia, Georgia, I don't know. Maloney, uh, she is going to be the next prime minister of Italy. It believes I, it looks like, uh, she represents the Brothers of Italy party, which is self-described as a nationalist right of center party. Again, not to be conflated with the, the boogeyman terms that nationalist gets tagged onto, um, no different than America first type style belief system, but you and I, I solidly stand with that. Everyone should put their own self-interest even individually first there's no, like, you don't have to be apologetic for putting yourself first. It's, it's a biological, natural response. Everyone should do it and we shouldn't cower away from it. Um, but when, once you put on your life jacket, you put on your oxygen mask, that is when you can truly help other people effectively. Um, rather than trying to get all the virtue points you can by handing out all the life jackets and oxygen masks and realizing you're on a sinking ship without a life jacket. But yeah, nationalist populists are coming back. We saw it happen almost in France when Le Pen almost took over Macron. I believe when they come back for a second swing at that, they'll put the nail in the coffin. I think Trudeau represents somebody who's on his way out. Um, on that, though, I do worry that one issue... I've, I've seen the polling, and I've seen a couple polls that shoot Polyev significantly ahead. However, the, my biggest concern and, and possibly the biggest speed bump for hope in Canada is depending on just how tight Jagmeet Singh will cling to Justin Trudeau. Um, even with the, the most aggressive numbers with Polyev, he would still lose in a coalition, meaning that he could secure 40% of the popular vote. But if combined the liberals and NDP can get 41% they could still form government ahead of Polyev and kind of when I realized that that was a risk that uh, Jagmeet and Trudeau could form a, a passable coalition government it, it kind of just hit me like a like a Mack truck and just sat on my chest for a minute and uh, I mean if if they truly are like-minded in the sense that they are so driven by, to be generous, a, a socialist viewpoint, um, and to be more malicious, a, a Marxist viewpoint. Um, I think definitely the NDP line up more on the, the negative, and despite my better angels, I, I'll give Trudeau a little bit of benefit in that regard that I don't believe that he's, he's truly doing it because he's, he's believes in genuinely evil 
wrong ideals. I think he's he's just an idiot. Uh, never attribute malice when ignorance is sufficient. Uh, looking towards the states a little bit now, uh, Biden keeps just. I don't know what's going on with that guy. Uh, I've seen two videos this weekend where the guy is just lost. Um, I don't know how long they drag this on and pretend that he is well and of his capacity. The guy is clearly not well. Um, at this point, it's it's elder abuse. Anyone's grandparent, I would say the same. Um, but nonetheless, that senile old man uh, for a moment seemed to know where he was and tweeted on the weekend, uh, they should ban all assault weapons now. And if you're from the States, you can understand how uh, it's kind of weird to have your president basically speaking in terms that are directly in contravention of your fundamental rights. Uh, the Second Amendment does not. But, and that's one thing I, I truly love about their founding documents is their Second Amendment is very clear. It shall not be infringed. It, it's not may. It shall not be infringed, which in legal speak is absolute. Uh, there's no, there's no ambiguity with that, that term in the legal context. Um, further, the second amendment in the States goes on to explain that the second amendment isn't just for hunting and sport shooting like we have in Canada here. Rather, it's, it's to protect against a tyrannical government quite literally word for word. That is how it's, how it's laid out. So, I mean, the forefathers that founded that document had some forethought and, and foresight into what could happen or what has happened historically. And in such doing, they, they put some protections in for the civilians. Uh, this is the same group of people that fought England for trying to tax their tea. Uh, and then basically split away and said, screw you, we're going to do our own thing. Uh, they, they were not dumb people. They were, they were, wise beyond their years. And you're seeing that today. Uh, you're seeing a quite, quite arguably tyrannical government. And now they're coming for your guns, a right, which is by their own constitution, God given. And, uh, this specific one shall not be infringed. So we'll see how that goes. If that was just a tweet in jest, or if this is part of their ploy now, if they're going to, if they're going to put a real push on guns, uh, we'll see. Uh, I still haven't seen Trudeau push the legislation through for their their gun ban. I'm hoping I can get my applications sorted out before the ban comes in. I'd love to get a handgun uh, or to see them fail the ban altogether. Um, on a little bit of a heavier note, I mean, it's all kind of heavy. This is this is life these days, it seems. Um, but last week, the end of last week. Uh, Putin in Russia had a press conference where he removed any ambu ambiguity around what's happening now. Um, they Up until now, it was a special military action dealing with Ukraine. It was not, from a Russian perspective and a global law perspective, it was not declared an invasion. It was a special military operation uh, dealing with Ukraine. Pick a side, I don't care. It has no bearing on, on any of this. But right now, last week, um, Putin came out and not only threatened Ukraine uh, through very weak 
hiding. He he hinted at Europe and America as well with nuclear weapons. Uh, he has changed the wording. Uh, they no longer have a special military operation. It is it is now a military conflict uh, with NATO. Uh, he he said as much. And if anyone knows NATO and, and the treaties, Article, I think it's Article 2 or 5, anyway, there's an article where if one nation state in that pact gets attacked, they can invoke the article, and it compels all nation states on NATO to participate. Uh, it was only ever used once, and that was when September 11th happened, and I believe it took them till October for them to, I think it was six weeks for them to actually get people on the, like on the move in that regard. But nonetheless, um, they are now no longer flirting with global conflict. They are welcoming it. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see whether NATO will kind of see the danger and the risk in what's going on and, and kind of try to lower the temperature or if they'll double down and just, have at it. Uh, it's certainly not a good time. I still, despite the fact that it seems like it's more likely than not at this point, I still don't think Russia is going to be what pops off World War III. I think we've still got a little bit of time before that happens, but uh, it is not a fun time indeed. Uh, watching what's happening in the stock markets, the economies, uh, what was it? England, over the last week has announced that they're officially in a recession. Um, expect Canada to follow suit soon enough. Um, I think recession talks will start ramping up end of October, early November. I think midterms are actually holding a lot back right now. Um, I do know I follow the, the strategic petroleum reserves. Uh, stock up on your gas because after the elections, the gas is absolutely going up. Uh, it is going to be a very expensive winter for energy. Um, and the way that they scheduled their petroleum reserves, they scheduled them to basically run out right in time for the midterms, uh, artificially keeping the prices low. And uh, when they start to rise in accordance to just market supply demand, it's going to be a shock. And I do believe it could be a snowball effect where market scare will actually roll the ball further and bigger and worse uh, here in Canada, uh, keeping it relevant, uh, Ontario, a lot of premiers actually, it's not just Ontario, but a lot of premiers added tax holidays on a lot of fuel. I know Dougie here in Ontario, we've got a 15 cent a liter tax holiday that expires in December. So that alone is going to increase it. I mean, that's, that's 7% right now, roughly. So it's, an, it's not nothing like that's a huge increase when we're already seeing month over month inflation in, in the six to 8% areas. So yeah, it's get ready. Uh, we'll see if, if any of you, I mean, we all follow Jordan Peterson. If, if you're listening to me, you've, you've at least heard enough of his stuff. Um, I, I really respect his take on Russia and, and his insight into the mind that is Putin. Uh, I think Peterson grasps it in a different context, given his closeness to religion and the fact that Putin is seemingly more religious now than he's ever been for better or worse. Like 
religion has caused the crusades, so it's not always great. But I do appreciate his perspective, and uh, the one thing he he said is expect Putin come winter to just turn the taps off. Um, they've threatened it, and everyone's aware that there's going to be an energy crisis in in Europe, but nobody really understands what happens till it gets done. Uh, and there's no benefit in flexing that now. Um, but when you get it shut off in the middle of winter and normal civilians in Germany now have to fend for themselves and try and heat their homes to stay alive, it's a different, it's a different weight. And, and as much as I don't want to see civilians from any nation caught in the crossfire here, uh, it's, it's a problem of war and everyone's been poking around on both sides. Uh, I, I think it's bubbling under the surface. And I mean, you look at Corona, you look at the wars, you look at the conflict. I mean, any, again, I don't, I don't inject my bias upon other people, but, uh, if you're a religious person or not, you should be aware that, I mean, end time prophecy, and I'm not saying that's where we're at today, but end time prophecy is, is it rhymes a lot more with what's going on right now than most would feel comfortable hearing. Uh, Revelations talks about there'll be war, famine, plague. Um, and one thing that really resonates now is like, obviously we've had, we've had plague, we've had Corona. Um, thankfully it wasn't the black death, but nonetheless, it was, it was a, it was a plague. Um, and now you're hearing war and rumors of war. This, it all coincides. And again, I'm not saying this is end times, this is whatever, but uh, it is interesting to kind of keep in tune with and, and just check in. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we're all just on this ride till it ends, uh, one way or another. So the best you can do is prepare yourself for the worst and hope for the best, I guess, at this point. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, I think... The next couple weeks are going to be key in a lot of areas, globally, domestically, but uh, it's going to be a wild ride through till November alone. That alone is going to be a wild ride. And then I think it's going to be a rough winter across the board. Um, so I don't know. We'll have to do an episode on uh, just on what's to come and how you can kind of prepare yourself economically for for a shitty winter but uh yeah i wanted to keep it short i got on a little bit of a rant nonetheless but uh it's what i do so as always if you uh liked the episode pay the fee pass it on share it to a friend uh and if otherwise you guys have a great week and uh we'll try and get an armchair episode going for next week uh but until next time take care of yourselves and uh stay free everyone
somewhere close to harmony When the world is sound asleep Something's gonna bring the change Journeys we are meant to take Something at the edge of space Calling us to fly away Don't you be afraid, everything will change You and I, jumping off the edge They say dreamers never die So come and fly, come and fly, come and fly away with me Fly away with me. Come, come, come and fly away with me.